have got some great music, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, it's not uh, music that is designed to try to uh, move the flesh. It is uh, music that is designed to move the soul uh, and the spirit towards God. Uh, thankful for that and those that, are, uh, that participate and uh, are part of our music ministry. And praise the Lord. All right, this morning we are starting a new series uh, entitled Side Effects. And when we finished, we finished up a series a couple weeks ago, and it was fans or followers. And I don't want to just be a fan of Christ. I want to be a follower of Christ. But there's a cost. If we are going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, there will be a cost. There's no cost to be a fan. You can, you can worship the Lord from afar. You can like the good things that he has done. You can be an admirer. There's a lot of, a lot of excitement about Deion Sanders right now. Uh, and the news, and uh, just the uh, football, and uh, some of the impacts, and uh, people are following uh, the story of uh, of him and uh, him coaching and having his two boys uh, as as players on the team, and a lot of hype and a lot of excitement. But most don't know Deion Sanders. They don't know. Anything really about him? Some of you are looking at me like I have no idea who you're talking about already. Uh, but, uh, but the reality is there are people that are fans and uh, they're, they're excited about what they are seeing happen and uh, just a, uh, a neat story. But when it comes to our Christian life, if we're going to be a committed follower of Christ, it's going to cost us. There's a cost to it. You know what? Salvation is free. But there was a cost. It is free to us. But Jesus Christ had to pay the ultimate price. Even when somebody gives us something and it doesn't cost us anything, there was a cost to them. But if I'm going to be a follower of Christ, that's a choice. That's a decision. And it will come with a cost. So for, for being a committed follower of Christ, there are side effects. Side effects. There are going to be things that happen as a consequence of our decision to follow Christ. There are some consequences. And I, I think we have to, as we start this series out, I, I want to try to help our mindset because if we're not careful, we can have the idea that, well, I'm a child of God, so now everything's going to be good. And I'm not going to have problems because I'm saved. I'm not going to have any problems. Tragedy is not coming my direction. Burdens aren't coming my way. 
health issues are going to just be what somebody else has and deals with. But because I'm uh, following the Lord, uh, it's all going to be good for me. And the Lord's going to take everything away. And if we're not careful, we can have this mindset that sets us up for disillusionment. Sort of like marriage. Bible says that if you're married, you will have trouble in the flesh. Nobody goes into marriage saying, man, I just can't wait to deal with marriage problems. But if you're married, you have them. There are, there are problems that come from being married. Now, I don't have any problems because she just always does what I want. <laughs> she's sitting all the way back there, but she's still smiling. Uh, so uh, she's sitting back with mom, goats, and dad. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, that, that marriage, as long as I say, yes, ma'am, it's all good. But no, there, there are problems. And if you went into marriage thinking well, there, are, there will be no problems, no struggles, uh, no issues that we have to work through, uh, it, would be, it would be completely destructive. Why? Because there would be expectations of something that was not a reality. And when it comes to following Christ... If we think that everything's going to be good, when problems come, we will become disillusioned with our faith. And we will become disillusioned in the one to whom we are following. And so this morning, we're going to look at this side effects, uh, dealing with being a committed follower of Christ. Father, I pray that you would bless now this time, and uh, what a wonderful uh, thing it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to be your child and to be a, a disciple, a follower. Uh, what a blessing that that is. And, and I pray this morning that nobody would be discouraged, uh, but Lord, that we would be challenged in this area of becoming committed and being committed and staying committed to you. And so I pray that you'd bless in a very special way. Uh, for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. So here when we look at uh, Philippians chapter number three, uh, Brother Franklin, uh, he, he properly uh, attributed that we are seeing the pedigree of the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul is giving uh, some of his, 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 uh, his pedigree, his, his uh, uh, qualifications, if you would, his accomplishments, uh, the things that he has that would be on the beneficial side for him. So let's look again at Philippians chapter 3 verse 4. He said, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Now notice, Paul is saying, listen, uh, you, can, you can think that you have something to glory in, in what you have accomplished, in the pedigree that you have, in your family, in your name, in your accomplishments. He said, but whatever you want to put out, I have more. Don't you hate people like that? <laughs> but it was true. 
This is not a boasting because he is somebody that's just trying to get people to follow him uh, and to like him. Uh, this is God's word. This is true. And, and Paul had been given so much uh, that, that the qualifications that he had, the accomplishments were so high uh, that he had an amazing pedigree. He goes on, uh, verse 5, circumcised the eight day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, uh, righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ." Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ." Paul suffered some side effects of following Christ. All of these pedigrees that he had, uh, they were they were lost when he decided to follow Christ. His his pedigree was taken away. It was stripped away. The, the uh, admiration, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, all of the, uh, the people that were, uh, were in his realm and under his leadership, uh, it was all stripped away because he started following Jesus Christ. And so as a Pharisee, he was a religious, uh, he was in the elect uh, of those religious people. He was uh, a select few. They were knowledgeable, uh, they had the education, they had everything. They were a very, uh, a very uh, uh, lifted up group of people. And so uh, Paul was, was somebody that, that had a lot to lose. And the responses uh, of those that were around him resulted in that he lost that. Now, being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ today, there will be side effects as well. Just like there were side effects for Paul, there will be side effects that we face. The responses of those around us will be different. I remember when we got saved and started going to church, and, uh, and let, me, let me just say, just because you go to church does not mean you're saved. There has to be a time when you personally put your faith in Jesus Christ and you accept what he did on the cross. He is the one that died on the cross, was buried, rose again. And by faith, we have to trust him as our savior. And after we put our faith in him for our salvation, uh, then at, we become a child of God. We are born again. Uh, and so uh, that process, that's the beginning, that's the start. But if you are saved, and you start following the Lord, there's going to be an impact. There are people around you that are going to wonder, what happened? What happened? Now, you get saved and you decide to live the same life, then nobody will know. Let me, let me just say this. Your coworkers should know that you're a Christian. Well, you know, pastor, we're just not allowed to talk about it. They talk about everything else in the workplace. 
I'm talking about Christ. Well, I might lose my job. There's side effects. Oh boy, I just hit something big right there. You know, they're going to talk about carousing. They're going to talk about all the parties and all the immoral things that happen during the week. And they're going to talk about everything that is, uh, that is not job related. How come Christians can't talk about Christ? I'm not saying that you witness on your time uh, while you're being paid to do a job. Uh, but, but if somebody else is going to talk about something else, I'm talking about Christ. And so, so here we see there's side effects uh, for what we do. And there's going to be different responses uh, after we uh, got saved. Uh, my grandma, she was saved, uh, but she did not live a, uh, a Christian life and was out of church for a whole lot of years. And, uh, and so I remember as a teenager, she'd come over and she'd say, well, he, she'd say, uh, your parents, they'll grow out of this pretty soon. There was a change in their life. Mom and dad started living for the Lord, and with that, uh, there, were, there was a change that took place. Uh, family saw a change. Your family should see that there's something different about you if you're following Christ. Being a committed follower of Christ, there is going to have some side effects. And these side effects, uh, they were, they were uh, very real in, in Paul's uh, Paul's life, uh, the responses of those around us, unbelievers. There are people that uh, that do not believe in Christ. Maybe friends and coworkers and people that you partied with, and uh, those those relationships. There should be a change. I told you the story before. I was out uh, knocking on doors, and when I was knocking on a door, uh, the the, uh, the guy behind the door he answered he answered the door the door, and he looked at me, and I looked at him, and uh, and this was this was years after I'd uh, been saved and had gone to Bible college and came back and was working in the ministry, and, and I I look at the guy that answers the door, and he looks at me and he says, "Carrie," I said, "Dave." And Dave and I had partied together, and Dave could not believe, you're a preacher? <laughs> what happened? But I got to win Dave to Christ. You know, there, there are people that will not understand when you decide to follow Christ. They're not going to understand. You come, you're here this morning, uh, and there are people, if you start coming and you're, you're faithful to church, there are people that are going to say, why do you always go to church? They're watching. They'll see a difference. There's a response. There's a response of unbelievers because they just don't get it. There's a response by the evil because they are against anything that's for good and for God. And as soon as you start doing right, you're going to face opposition. There's a side effect. You're choosing which team you're on. You're choosing which side you're on. And there are people who are evil that will be against everything that you try to do. Why are people upset that somebody wants to go to church? Why does that make somebody mad? But it does. Why does, why does being honest, why does that make people upset? 
There are people that get upset with Christians not because they are living a wicked lifestyle. They're upset with them because they don't drink and they don't get high and they don't party and they don't carouse. Uh, and so they're not doing all the, they're, they're being law-abiding citizens. What does that, what do, why would anybody be upset about that? You know why they get upset about it? Because of which team we're on. You know, I am a Dallas Cowboys hater. Hater. <laughs> I am a Dallas Cowboys hater. My favorite team, Miss Janice. You just, you just lost it. All right, Miss Janice, she's, she's going to quit church now. My favorite team is whoever is playing Dallas. All right? It has been that way growing up, as long as I can remember, I have been a Cowboys hater. I've just never, now I've been a, a Tom Landry fan, the coach. I love Tom Landry. I liked his coaching, uh, but I just have never liked the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and so somebody's wearing the jersey. I want to go get my, I want to go get a jersey that says Pittsburgh Steelers on it. Let's count rings, amen? And so, uh, but, uh, so I, uh, I, I am a Steelers fan. And the jersey, it just tells which side you're on. I have a hard time putting a California team jersey. I, I don't have one. Uh, I don't know that I could put one on. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, there's, there are people that uh, they, are, they are on the team. And when you're on the team, it, it, it identifies you. And being on Christ's team, there's going to be some side effects. There are going to be people that will like you because of it. And there'll be people that will dislike you because of it. Uh, why? Ephesians six twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If we're going to follow Christ, we're going to have some opposition. We are in a battle principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so, so there is a battle that is going on. Uh, and so there is, there is uh, side effects for the un, from the unbeliever. There's a side effect from the, uh, from the evil, but there's also a side effect from the apathetic. It's unbelievable to me how many Christians become an adversary of another believer that wants to serve. Trying to talk them out of serving Christ. Well, you know, you don't have to go to church all the time to be a good Christian as they go Christmas and Easter. Well, you know, I, I follow the Lord too, but, you know, I think I can still do this and this and this and this and this. And when you try to start living for Christ, all of a sudden you're going to find that even within the church, there are people that will become adversarial. Now, that should not be the case. You know what? We should all be on the same team. Amen. Amen. And not only should we be on the same team, we should all want to be committed 
to following Christ. And as I am committed to following Christ, I know that there are going to be some adversaries. There are going to be some problems. There are going to be things that I'm going to have to give up. There are going to be people who will give me up. And so there's side effects. So if we're going to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be a cost. And so uh, I'm going to get in uh, to the points. Number one, a cost, safety. Safety. What makes us think that because we're following Christ, we're going to be protected from any problems? For some reason, we almost think that the Lord's going to keep us safe. Can he? Absolutely. But let me remind you that every one of the apostles were martyrs. There was a cost. And there are Christians all around the world that are experiencing uh, that cross. Go to uh, that uh, uh, persecution. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. He said, well, Pastor, are you trying to talk us out of following Christ? No, but I want you to have your eyes open uh, what the reality is. If I'm going to follow Christ, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be safe from problems. Uh, the reality is I'm, I am asking to be placed in a crosshair. We are, we are uh, as we stand and we say, listen, I am following Christ there, that is automatically going to put a crosshair on us. That is automatically going to put us as a target uh, for, for what we believe and who we stand for. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Uh, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In laborers, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, off. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes save one thrice was I beaten with rods once was I stoned thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and a day I have been in the deep in journeyings often in perils of water in perils of robbers in perils by mine own countrymen in perils by the heathen in perils in the city in perils in the wilderness in perils in the sea in perils among false brethren in weariness and painfulness in watchings often in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. What do we find? Paul suffered all these things because he was committed to Christ. He wasn't expecting a life of leisure. And the idea of having safety, if we're going to be a committed follower of Christ, we have to remove that as a as a expectation. Because if we don't, and problems come, and persecutions come, then we're going to feel like God didn't live up to his end of the bargain. Let me tell you something. There's no bargaining with Christ. We serve him not because of debt. We should serve him out of love. But we do owe a debt. 
There is a debt uh, for what Christ has done for us, but I should serve him because I want to serve him. Uh, He doesn't owe me anything else. If I never got one more answer to prayer, and if the only prayer I ever had received uh, was the answer of prayer for salvation, that is, that's enough. That would be enough. The Apostle Paul was not living a life in safety. Uh, There were others who were. There were people that just tried to live under the radar. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to make any waves. I don't want to shake anything up. I know if I start standing up for Christ, somebody's going to get offended. Yes, they will. But you know what? I'm offended when they talk about my Savior. I'm offended when they use Christ, uh, Jesus Christ, as a cuss word. I'm offended by all of the filth uh, and the liberal, uh, wicked agendas that are promoted and pushed. I don't, I don't mind standing for righteousness and holiness, standing for Christ. It's gonna, we've got to put the jersey on. We've got to say, which team am I on? Uh, it's, it's like going into a stadium uh, of Dallas Cowboy, uh, uh, go to, going to Dallas Stadium, and, and, and then putting on a Steelers uh, jersey. There would all, be all kinds of enemies around, uh, and vice versa. Uh, but uh, we, we need to put on the jersey for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul was not living life in safety. Is safety something that we have to have? You know, people that accomplish great things, they never live safe. They push themselves. If we're trying to just live, just trying to stay in a safe zone, then we're not going to accomplish anything great. But we, we are all called to serve the Lord. And so uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, he did not live that life in safety. Um, one of the, when I was in college, there was a lot of projects uh, in Chicago. Well, Altgeld Gardens was a project that we would go into and go soul hunting and share the gospel. Uh, Robert Taylor Homes, uh, another huge project. Uh, Cabrini Green uh, projects, and these were these were major uh, pro- project, huge projects, little cities within a city, uh, and uh, they they would tell me, uh, don't go in there because you're the people in the city would tell or in the project, don't come in here because you're white, they'll kill you because you're white. And we'd go in and we'd have, we'd share the gospel. And I don't know how many times I've had guns pulled on me. Uh, one time I was uh, on a Sunday afternoon, had went out and got, gone soul one and had shared the gospel with somebody. Uh, and I was getting ready to leave. And they were supposed to go to church with me. And I came around the corner looking for them. And I was by myself. And I walked right into a gang, a gang uh, meeting. And the gang leader was standing up there, and there was about 20, 25 guys sitting on a, uh, on a rail. And he was talking to all of them. And I came around the corner and thought, oh, no, this is not good. My heart dropped. I was like, I'm just, I just walked. 
talking about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I was in the wrong place. And I walked around and I saw him and I sort of, I, I remember just stutter stepping. Okay, what do I do? Do I turn around? No. And it was like, no, I got to just address it. And so I walked straight up. I uh, eyed through, found where the guy was at. And I walked up to him and I said, you going to church with me tonight? No, I can't make it. I said, okay. And I, I remember turning around thinking, am I going to get jumped? Am I going to get shot? It was, it was a rough area. You know, if we try to live in safety, we won't, we won't accomplish anything for Christ. We, there are people all around the world that stand for the Savior. Uh, just three weeks ago, uh, over in Pakistan, 20 churches were burned and 86 homes of Christians were burned to the ground. What was, what was the cause? The Muslim uh, clerics got on the speaker phones of the, 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 the Muslim mosques and started telling them to attack Christians. 5,000 were in the mobs. And they went through an, an, a Punjab area of Pakistan. And as they went through that area, uh, they burned to the ground 20 churches and 86 homes. This is three weeks ago. What was their crime? Being a Christian. That was it. And, and here, they're standing for the Lord in an area where not only could they lose everything, they could lose their life. They're, they're standing. You know what they're doing? They're willing to, to stand and to bear the side effects of being a Christian. So, uh, so these individuals, I think about Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, during World War II. Uh, he, was a, uh, he was a Lutheran pastor, became Lutheran, uh, Protestant, uh, and uh, uh, he, he was, he was uh, he was a individual, ended up being, he was anti-Nazi and very uh, open about it and got put into a concentration camp. And at the age of 39, he was executed. They stripped him of his clothes, marched him out in front of everybody, took him up on top of a, uh, of a, uh, a gallows and, and hung him. You know, there are people that stand for Christ. You see, we see the, uh, the effect. If we're not careful, safety will cause us not to be a follower of Christ. Number two, security. Security. We become comfortable. Comfort brings apathy. Think about it in your own life. When is our most passionate times of prayer? In trials. It's in our times of need. When everything's good, all right, God, we got it. Thanks. But we got it. But when we can't do anything about it, we need him. There is a great need for God. Security, apathy. When we feel like everything's okay, that's a dangerous spot to be. You and I, we need Christ every day. To live is Christ. 
to live is Christ. Christ shouldn't be a part of our life. He is our life. For the believer, he should be the one that our life is about. Uh, First uh, Acts chapter 23, verse 11 to 16, for time's sake, uh, I, I'm not going to read all the verses here. But what we find in this passage is that the apostle Paul, uh, he was... He was being attacked. There are people that had, had made a vow that they were not going to eat until they killed Christ. You know, that, that position of not being secure causes us to recognize our great need. God has a plan. And we might not see how it all works out. I look at Paul's life and I look at all that he went through. I think, Lord, why would you have him go through all that? He's serving you. He is accomplishing so much. Man, make it hard on the people that aren't doing nothing. But make it easy on him. He's serving you. But that's not what happened. He was serving that, that the problems. He was not safe. He was not secure. And lastly, we see the danger of success. Go back to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. He said, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Paul could have just allowed his success to cause him to stay where he was at. Success in this life, if that's our goal, then we really won't be a committed follower of Christ. Now, I think the Christian should be the hardest worker I think they should be the most productive. I think they, the, the believer, uh, you, you can look. Promotion comes from the Lord. The Lord blesses people when they do right. Uh, I, I just, uh, just in uh, working with people over all these years, uh, people that are serving the Lord, you see them succeed down here. But down here is not the, the focus. Serving the Lord is the focus. And God blesses the other, uh, as Brother Franklin mentioned this morning. God blesses obedience. It is so uh, important for us to see that as we serve the Lord. God blesses obedience. We do what the Lord asks us to do. Uh, we see that uh, we follow him, and there might be problems, and there will be burdens that we're going to face. But if I'm going to be a committed follower of Christ, there will be side effects. But those side effects should not stop me from serving Christ. Success should not stop us from serving Christ. Success should be a tool to serve Christ better. Amen. Uh, those that, are, that have businesses, uh, that business should not become your God. It should be a tool to be able to serve God and accomplish more for the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it should be uh, an ability of uh, those who have leadership and position. Uh, we should use that uh, for, for God's glory. So we can, we can represent him. The apostle Paul, he had the best of the best. 
He had the right name. He had the silver spoon. He had the elite schools. He had the, uh, the premier mentors. He had the credentials. He had the reputation. Uh, he had the goods. But he counted it all for loss. People say, well, you're wasting all your time going to church. Man, I'm not wasting anything. You're wasting your life serving, serving Jesus. He's not even here. You're wasting your life. No, I'm using my life for the only thing that really matters. One day, we're going to take our last breath. And when that day comes... I don't know about you, I, I believe the same. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What is it? Committed follower of Christ. There will be side effects. But with the side effects, look at all the blessings. Who accomplished more than Paul? I mean... He even said of the other apostles, he labored more abundantly. Out of the apostles, he was the one that accomplished more than any of the other apostles. Paul was somebody that God used uh, in a phenomenal way. Uh, but, but with that, the accomplishments, there were side effects. There were problems. But they were used as catapults. They were used as opportunities to represent Christ. You know what this area needs? It needs Christians to be committed. Committed. Not just saved, but committed. What can I do for Christ? Am I using my life for Christ? Fan or a follower? There's a difference. And if I'm going to be a follower then there's going to be some side effects. You will be misunderstood. You'll be misunderstood by your family. You'll be misunderstood by friends. You'll be misunderstood by coworkers. But you will not be misunderstood by the Savior. He knows. And those side effects, we should gladly bear. Why? Paul said, I count all the good but dung. He said, I count all of it as refuse. He said, my goal is that I will win Christ. Not, not as in salvation. He was saying, he's the one I'm striving for. He's the prize. And pleasing him. Side effects. There will be side effects. For following Christ. Let's follow him this week. Amen. Let's follow him. Let's stand up. Next time somebody talks about evil, let's talk about good. They, they curse the name of Christ. Let's bless the name of Christ. Why? Well, I, I might make somebody mad. Yep. You might. You will. But we've, we've got to stand for Christ. There will be side effects.
but let's serve the Savior. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for these who are here this morning. And uh, Lord, as I look around, I see a a group of people that has a desire uh, to be used by you. They're here because they want to follow you. And I pray that you would give uh, each one uh, wisdom and direction and guidance and uh, give them the boldness to stand for you. Give them the words to say and help us to be a representative of Jesus Christ down here in this earth uh, in 2023. And so I pray that you'd work in a very special way, help all of us to be more committed uh, to following you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Uh, 